Welcome to the Seed Time Money Podcast. We are your hosts, Bob and Linda Lodick. This is a hope-filled podcast that'll help you save, earn, give, grow, and actually enjoy your money. We don't hold anything back. We share everything that we've learned on our journey. Everything from being 100% broke to paying off our house by age 31, to finding work with purpose, to giving more than we ever dreamed possible, all while having a blast on this adventure that God has led us on. And if you want to achieve true financial freedom and design a life of eternal impact, this is the show for you. We are so excited to let you know that our brand new book, Simple Money, Rich Life, is finally out. Yes, and if you enjoy the podcast, we think you're gonna love it. And if you like hearing our friendly voices, then you should grab the audio book on Audible. And if you don't, then just grab the paperback, grab the Kindle. (laughs) And if you do grab a copy, we want to hear from you. So send us a message on Instagram or send us an email and let us know what you think. Yeah. And again, the name is Simple Money Rich Life, and you can grab your copy anywhere books are sold. Anywhere. Pretty much any place that sells books, they (laughs) should have it. So everyone's freaking out. I keep getting messages, um, students, readers, listeners, whatever, Mm -hmm. freaking out with the stock market or even the crypto market, everything's been going on recently. Um, Massive drops, especially in the crypto market and some stuff there. But I kind of want to talk a little bit about the stock market today and five things to remember when this is happening, when your investments are going way down in value. And just kind of go through that a little bit. And uh, I've been through this a lot. I've been investing for whatever, 17 or 18 years now, and I've been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's some important things to remember. And I'll just kind of share what I think would have been really helpful for me at the beginning, like the first couple times going through some big drops. Yeah. So in other words, what you're saying is you've seen some of this happen before. How does it, How does it make you feel now how are you feeling seeing what you've seen the last week what do you mean oh wait having already experienced it before yes uh it just looks familiar um it's never fun like no one's excited about it everybody likes when their investments go (laughs) up in value and not down Mm -hmm. but um but yeah but that leads to the first point and that this process is completely normal like this is Mm. the way it's supposed to be there's supposed to be ups and downs if it's completely flat um, then you're not making much, you know what I mean? And so um, it's just a normal cycle. And, and a lot of what I want to talk about today, I'm going to base generally off of uh, investing in the S&P 500 index fund. This is kind of the main first step that we talk about in our 10X investing course. And this is when you're investing in the total or basically the total U.S. stock market um, or a good representation of that and what that looks like. Okay. All right, so I want to show you this chart. Um, if you have the opportunity of watching this instead of just listening to it, uh, this chart shows how much the S&P 500 has lost and made each particular year. And so by looking at this, you can see that there are a lot more green years rather than red years. Um, and there's definitely some red years where you would have lost a whole lot, mm-hmm. but there's more green years. There's more years where it's green. And so it's just part of the market cycle. You have red years scattered throughout and green years scattered throughout. Um, It's an ebb and flow. But when you average all these together, you get an average of about 10% return over that time. And so you just have to know that this is a normal part of the cycle. Mm. This is a normal part of the ebb and flow of everything. Yeah. And uh, when you do, it doesn't make it easy, but it makes it easier to be able to ride these ups and downs, you know? Number two, you might be better off not looking. So does this mean like if if I'm planning to retire in whatever, how old am I? I'm 40, so in 25 years or something. Is it better for me to just not look at this 
except for maybe once a year or so. Yeah, if you're what does making this look like? wise long-term investments, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and that's what we're doing, hun. I look Thank at you. our investments one time per year. Okay. Um, and the reason I do that and the reason I don't look at them five times a day like I used to is because I bought them for the long term. And I do want to check in that with them once a year, and that's what I do. But there's absolutely no benefit to me just watching, having an app on my phone where I'm watching all day, every day, what's going mm-hmm. on, or watching MSNBC and watching the thing go crazy. Right. But I, I noticed that for you, you are paying attention to what's going on. Is that because that's kind of your hobby? In the market? Yeah. And yeah. You're, you're just trying to have a pulse on what's going on? Or that's is it? Be- yeah, that's because it's, I feel like this is my job to know what's going on. Okay. But in terms of our specific investments, um, I'm not checking them but once a year. Interesting. Because it's a long-term thing and it stresses me out. Like it just stresses me out. Yeah. And honestly, it stresses pretty much everyone out. <laughs> and so my mental health is better, it's stronger when I'm not watching. Mm-hmm. Um, now, if you're doing a different type of investing, if you're doing a shorter term investing, you're doing day trading or something, like you have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. But when you're picking good companies, you know, and investing in good stocks that uh, you trust the, the the management, you trust the game plan, you trust the company, you don't need to be watching it every day. You Does know? this also apply to like the S and P five hundred? And it's the same thing with that. Funds? Yeah, okay. yeah. I own the S and P five hundred. Uh, and other index funds that we own because they're long-term investments. And mm-hmm. I know they're going to go down. I know they're going to drop. You know, um, In 2020, we saw the S&P 500 drop by about 35% in a matter of a couple weeks. My gosh. Um, but that again, that's just the ebb and flow. That's the normal mm-hmm. cycle of it. And you have, to be, you have to be okay with that. And if you're not, then you need to be in bank CDs or something like much more conservative really where it's not, um, where there's no volatility. Okay, so the other day we had someone we were talking to in a in-person class we're getting to do, which is super fun. But um, she said she put some money in the stock market and she was kind of freaking out because she needed to pull that money out within the next year or so for some things. If we were in that position... How I would, would never, we? I would never put money in stocks or in the stock market if I needed the money in six to twelve months. Where would we put it? Uh, right now, with inflation, I would probably put it in some sort of bonds that are tied to the inflation rate. So I bonds oh. or tips um, right now, which are both paying about seven percent. I would probably feel best about that. Uh, you know, traditionally, I think the answer would be like a savings account or something, but savings accounts because rates are still terrible. And inflation um, is so high. Inflation is high. Mm. And so that's probably what I would do um, at this point okay. for a very short term investment that I want to see just a little bit of growth on. Right. Or at least not lose money. And hopefully not lose money. Yeah. yeah. Moving on to number three. All right. So number three, um, this is an important distinction is that you haven't actually lost any money until you Mm, sell. Um, Because again, I'm getting a lot of messages saying I lost all this money in the stock market. It's like we haven't lost it if you haven't sold. And I know this might seem like you're splitting hairs here, but it is an important distinction because it's important to understand that it's all a paper loss or a paper gain until you actually sell. So Mm. even if, you know, so we have some stocks that have 25x in value but we haven't made that money because we haven't sold them. So mm-hmm. until we sell them, that's not an actual gain. And at the same time, it's not an actual loss until you sell it. And so 
when it comes to long-term investing, um, so some of the stocks that we own that I am holding on to for the long-term, or again, index funds, uh, they might be down at any given point, 20, 30, 40%, but I haven't lost that money because I haven't sold it. And the reality is that I'm not planning on selling it. I'm planning on selling it at a gain. And so I'm still planning on hanging on to that. Um, and so that's what I'm going to do. And so even though I might not be um, positive at this moment, uh, it doesn't phase me as much because I'm hanging on to it for the long term. So if it comes time to us, like say right now we're ready to retire or whatever and pull some of this out. If we're seeing it down, like, are you thinking, I'm just going to hold on to this a little bit longer. I think I'm just going to work an extra six months and see what happens over the next six months. Like, how are you, how would you process through that? So in terms of the retirement savings general strategy approach that mm -hmm. most people follow is early on while they're saving for retirement, you're more aggressive in what you're investing in. So mm -hmm. you're typically uh, weighted in more stocks um, and you're more in the stock market. And then bonds, you might have a small portion of that. Bonds are a little bit less volatile than stocks, typically. Mm -hmm. And then as you get closer to retirement, you start moving a higher percentage of it into bonds and lower lower percentage into stocks. Gotcha. And then by doing that, you're less likely to be in a situation where six months before you retire, um, your portfolio drops by 30%. Right. Because no one wants that. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, we don't even want it now, but... Uh... No, but like if you're planning on retiring in six months, you know, mm -hmm. like you don't want all your money in the stock market because it is too volatile and you don't want to be in that position where you, you go into your start of your retirement with 30, 40, 50% less in your portfolio than you were hoping right. because it's fluctuated so much. And that's why gotcha. as you're getting closer to retirement, it's time to start shifting more of that into less volatile investments. And at what age for us do you think we'll start shifting those things? Well, it's... I know this is pretty, like, depends on everybody and their situation, whatever, but... Yeah, I mean, it, there's a lot of variables here. Uh, but short answer is, once I'm 10 years out from retirement, I'm going to be shifting a lot more gotcha. out of stocks into bonds and some other asset classes. And the reason why is because... Um, over a 15-year period, or honestly, over a 10-year period in the stock market, um, looking at the S&P 500 as a whole, there's never been uh, it, the worst 10-year period in all of the S&P 500 history is like a negative 3%. Wow. So there's never been a 10-year period where you've been down more than 3%. Interesting. And there's never been a 15-year period where it's been negative at all. So the point wow. is, but within one year, you know, it's been down 40, maybe even 50%. So the point is, the the longer time span you have there, the less likely you are to be um, in a negative position. Well, and I think that's really interesting, too, to think about uh, if somebody is looking at it and kind of freaking out right now, like, yeah. okay, but over the next, over the, a 10-year period, like, I'm looking at the worst case scenario. Well, nobody can predict the future, obviously. Yeah, but based on me. historical but, results. But, yeah. yes, based on what's happened in the past, like negative three percent or it's never been negative in 15 yeah. 15 years stretch. yeah so if at this point i was 15 years out from retirement um and even if the market had dropped 50 percent like i would feel very confident that we would get all that 50 percent back by the time i retired wow you know okay and hopefully then some you know uh and it's even if it was 10 years out like i would still have a lot of confidence that um any losses that we'd have this year 
um, would be gained back by that point. That's great. And again, like you said, no one ever knows. No one knows the future. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it's happened in the past doesn't mean it'll happen that way in the future. Mm-hmm. But we have a long um, track record in history of what's happened. And um, yeah, that's the best we have to go off of, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Number four on this list is that panic selling is almost always a bad idea. Okay. So the temptation is that when you have investments and you see them go down in value, um, that you just want to run and sell them off before they lose any more. Um, that's, that's what everybody wants to do. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the reality is this is often the worst thing to do. Um, the best investors have nerves of steel and they can take the hits and hang in there knowing that things are hopefully going to turn around. And again, mm. this is all based on making good, solid investments. And even that, as I say that, like there's a subjectivity to that because that's not a black and white thing of, oh, I'm going to choose a good investment or I'm going to choose a bad investment. You know what I mean? It's like, no, <laughs> How one, do we know? no one wants to choose a bad investment. But right. um, but the point is, is that I'm saying this knowing and, you know, uh, fully aware that some of this is not black and white stuff. But mm-hmm. the point is, when you are confident and you have a conviction in the investment that you made, that it's a good one, yeah, the best case is often to hang, hang in there and stick with it. Mm. Yeah, and I think this is a good point because it's all, pretty much like doing anything in a panic is usually yeah. ends up being a foolish decision yeah. in the long term. Yeah, and this really is why Warren Buffett is widely considered one of the best investors of all time because he, I mean, he's almost like a robot. There's almost mm-hmm. no emotion in his investing. And that's what you need to do well <laughs> as an investor is to remove Which emotions out of the equation. It's a hard thing for some of oh, us emotional people. it's a hard thing for people. a lot of us, yeah. And even, I mean, you're not even very emotional. You're not a super emotional kind of guy. Like, I would consider myself a lot more emotional. And yeah, it's even hard yeah. for you. Yeah, but for people who can kind of remove that emotion out of the equation. And so one of the things that Warren often says is be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. And his point is when everybody's panicking and running to sell, 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 that's the point <laughs> where the good investors are stepping up and yeah. seeing, all right, we got a good deal here. Let's invest more. Mm-hmm. And at the other hand, when everybody, everyone's getting rich, it's so easy to make money. Like, you know, in those moments, that's when he's saying, now this is when you need to exercise caution. And this is when you might want to sell. See, and that's um, a hard thing to do because I feel like you have to really get educated in order to make good decisions. Otherwise, you're just, oh, yeah, everybody's doing this, so I'm going to do it too, you know? Yeah. You know, and one of the things just about this idea of, when things go down, this is often a really good time to buy and to look for sale items. And so mm-hmm. I'm often telling people, like, you know, if your favorite ice cream at the grocery store goes on sale by 30% uh, and you have a deep freezer, like, you You're might buy, buy a, bunch. a bunch of them and just stock up. I actually just did this recently. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's it's the same thing. It's like, it's on sale. I know it we're going to eat sale. it. Like, why not mm-hmm. get more of them and save more money? And it's the same thing. When a good stock that you've wanted to own goes on sale mm-hmm. and the price drops down, it's the same idea. Um, because a lot of times, and, uh, and we'll talk about this in a minute, uh, the actual value of the company is not reflected in the price. Like, So the price is reflected based on people's emotions. You know what mm. I mean? And so that's what's driving the prices of whatever, whether the stock market's going up or down, right. is based on the emotions of the investors. But the over Which the long term, scary. yeah, over the long term, <laughs> you will see uh, eventually the price should catch up 
with the actual happenings of the company and what's mm-hmm. actually going on there. So yeah. a really good example of this was back in 1999 at the peak of the dot-com boom. Amazon stock price was $106 per share. Okay. Okay. So this is right at the peak of the dot com bubble, right before it burst. Which I bet people listening now are like, "Oh, I wish I could buy Amazon stock for one hundred and six dollars." Yeah. And so this is right at the peak of that. Uh, over the next two years, as that bubble kind of deflated and burst, Amazon stock price goes all the way down to six dollars per share. Oh my gosh! Can you so, imagine? So it's like a ninety-five percent drop on Amazon at that point. Now, what's interesting is that Jeff Bezos said during that time, Amazon's business growth was absolutely stunning. And it was as good as it could possibly be. He said every metric uh, showed that they were on a path to becoming a thriving and really Mm -hmm. successful business. So the stock price is going like this. The business, uh, all their metrics, key metrics are going up. Everything's going up. So what happened is um, there were some really wise, shrewd investors who were actually looking at the company and what was going on rather than just the descending stock price and realizing, I know the stock price is doing that because people are freaking out, but this company is actually really solid and they're really good. Everything's going good with them. So I'm going to put some money in there. And that would have been a fantastic a investment. huge win. Amazon oh Amazon $6. or whatever it was. $6. How much is it now? Uh, probably, I haven't looked at it, but probably 2800 to $3,000. Oh I'm sure. Um, so. Can you imagine? That would have been a fun one. Fun victory. All right, number five thing to remember when stock prices or your investments are going down is that God is still on the throne. Amen. Okay, one of the best things I ever did for my mental health was to get this phrase on my lips a little bit more often, which is that, eh, it's just money. And I've had to say this when we've had our portfolio drop drastically. I've had to say this, you know, with some investments lost 90, I mean, whatever, hundred percent. Some of them yeah. completely lost everything. And some had people steal from me. Um, we've had, you know, crazy medical bills come up. Mm-hmm. We've, where we had to drain our entire emergency fund. Uh, you know, when I got laid off, like there's just a lot of different instances where being able to just say that, yeah, it's just money. Like, yeah. But even on the flip side of when things are going really good yes, and there's a, a little really bit point. too much, <laughs> That's a really good and point. you just have to remind yourself it's just yeah. money. Yeah, because at the end of the day, God is our source. Mm-hmm. Um, he's always going to be a provider. He's the one who is responsible for taking care of our needs. Yep. And he will always do a better job than I will. Mm-hmm. And all of my panicking and freaking out about our investments going down, um, that's not going to do any good. Yeah. But he can provide for us and he will. Uh, you know, and ultimately, Philippians 419, like, he will provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I, I recite that verse. I say that verse um, on this podcast, in articles, probably more than any other verse. Like, I probably speak it out as we're praying more than any other verse. Yeah. Uh, because it's such a fantastic one to have memorized and have on your lips. Mm-hmm. Um because it doesn't really matter. Like, honestly, like whether you're doing great financially or not, like you still need God to provide for your yeah. needs. There are things that you need God to provide for that money can't buy mm-hmm. and he can provide for those. And on the other hand, like those times where whatever, if you do need money in a particular situation or if you do need him to provide food or whatever the thing might be, like a roof over your head, like it's still true. It's always true. And yeah. so that's um, one of those verses that, yeah. I've just clung to in moments where I feel like freaking out because our investments are dropping. 
I think it's really easy to put your attention on the stock market because you're like, well, you know, you can even get hyper spiritual about it and be like, well, I'm trying to be a good steward. And so I got to be watching all this. But the the reality is, is the more that we have our eyes on the word of God and the more that we um, are giving him our attention, right? What's the scripture? Um, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. I I think that... uh, it's easy to, even for the sake of trying to do what God wants you to do, make it all about the natural stuff. But really, like we are to ha- keep uh, the word hidden in our heart to be transformed by it so that these ups and downs just don't matter as much yeah. as they, they do to the rest of the world. And I mean, I think too, this is like how we share the gospel <laughs> with people is it's like, Aren't you nervous about the stock market? You know, it's like, actually, I'm not because that is not my source. That's not where my hope comes from. That's not where my help comes from um, because we know it comes from God ultimately. All right. So thank you for um, joining us today. Yeah. Uh, You know what I want to do? I want to read, I want to start doing this a little bit more, reading some of the reviews that some of you awesome people leave on iTunes for us. So Maddie says this, great podcast, award-winning writing podcast, and inspired. Read this slower. This is, like, I couldn't understand what you said. (laughs) It was like the Joe Biden thing where he's like, All right. Great podcast. A warm and inviting podcast that inspires and informs. Bob and Linda are very knowledgeable and truly care about elevating you and helping you achieve true financial freedom. I love yes. it. Yes. That's so sweet because that, that really is our goal. Yeah. So I, it feels like validating that that actually comes across. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Miss Sutherland says, OMG, I found your podcast today through your three-day devotional on the Bible oh, app. Good. So happy I did. I've listened to three podcasts already. Can't wait to hear more. Good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you, Miss Sutherland. We appreciate you. Yeah. And anyone else listening, if you would leave us a review on iTunes, we would be so thankful. Yeah. We would give you virtual high fives and we come visit us in Franklin, Tennessee. Uh, we'll, <laughs> Anytime might even you give want. You, might even give you a hug. Might even give out hugs <laughs> if you're into that. I'm a hugger. Linda's a hugger. I, I can be a hugger too. You could force it. We can do high fives. It's a forced hug. Have you ever hugged somebody and they're like stiff as a board? And you're like, you did not want this hug. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that Have you ever watched that happen? It's and you're watching watch. it and you're like, that guy did not want that hug. Yeah. So anyway, I think I've, we should wrap this up. I've seen it happen to my brother and it is hilarious. He's like, <laughs> oh, it like <laughs> turns into the tin man. It's like, it's just so awkward. All right. Anyway, thank you. You're awesome. Sorry, Have a great night. See ya. Thanks for joining us on the Seed Time Money Podcast. And remember, money isn't the goal, but it's simply a tool to help you fulfill your purpose and your calling. And we'd love to help you achieve true financial freedom faster with our email newsletter. So if you want exclusive money tips and hope-filled encouragement in your inbox, head over to seedtime.com to get signed up.